Brother Herman's going to come preach for us tonight. I'm excited. I have never heard him preach. If I have, apparently he didn't make any impact on me at all because I don't remember at all. No. Amen. But, uh, He's setting me up. Amen. But uh, no, I have never heard him preach, so I'm looking forward to this going to be treat. He's our missionary, the Rock of Ages ministry. Maybe he'd like to say a word about that tonight. I don't know. But uh, so if you would, get your Bibles, be ready to listen to the Word of God tonight. And let God speak to your heart as Brother Herman comes to preach to us. Can you hear me? Can you hear me now? Yes? No? It's on? There it is. Is that it? There it is. There it is. All right. All right. All right. Well, I appreciate you having me tonight. Preacher uh, texted me in the middle of last week. We were in the uh, Rock of Ages Bible Conference down at uh, Murfreesboro, uh, Tennessee. Hey, Amen. We've been gone for about nine days. We just got back home uh, Sunday night about uh, midnight. Uh, wonderful thing about summer is um, you would think that they would work on the expressways. You know, so many people are uh, taking vacations and things like that, but uh, we had orange barrels from Tennessee to Akron. And uh, it was, we lost two hours really uh, just in the traffic. Amen. But we had a wonderful week down there, uh, had uh, morning services and evening services, and uh, we got preached at. Uh, three to four times a day, and uh, just some national speakers, and uh, boy, it was just a good day, a good week to, to uh, really get revived, amen? But I want to bring you uh, just a message to morning, uh, this afternoon, or yeah, I'll, I'll get it right, it's Wednesday night, isn't it? I'm still trying to figure out what day it is, amen? But uh, Psalm 146 is where we're going to be tonight. If you'll find that in your Bible, then I'll read these verses, and then we'll make our prayer, and I'll try to give us some things that'll help us this morning, or tonight. And, uh, boy, you would think I've never preached before. <laughs> Let me start to read. Maybe I'll get straightened out here. The Bible says in Psalm 146, Praise ye the Lord, praise the Lord, O my soul. While I live, while I will live, well, I live, will I praise the Lord? I will sing praises unto my God while I have any being. Put not your trust in princes, nor in the Son of Man, in whom there is no help. His breath goeth forth, he returneth to his earth, and in that very day his thoughts perish. Happy is he that hath the God of Jacob for his help, whose hope is in the Lord his God which made heaven and earth, the sea, and all that therein is, which keepeth truth forever, which executeth judgment for the oppressed, which giveth food to the hungry. The Lord loseth his prisoners. The Lord openeth the eyes of the blind. The Lord raises them that are bowed down. The Lord loveth the righteous. righteous. The Lord preserveth the strangers. He relieveth the fatherless and the widows. But the way of the wicked he turneth upside down. The Lord shall reign forever, even thy God, O Zion, unto all generations. Praise ye the Lord. Let's pray. Father, we come to you tonight, and God, we just ask and pray, uh, Father, in this time in the Word of God, that you will help us tonight to, to apply some things to our hearts and our minds. And God, we pray if there's anyone here tonight that knows thee not, God, we pray tonight that they would see their need of Christ. And God, uh, you're such a good God that you... Father, uh, died in our place. And God, I pray, uh, Father, as I open my mouth tonight, Lord, uh, Father, just fill it with your words. Father, uh, I'm standing behind uh, Father Pastor's pulpit. And God, I just want to lift you up. And so, Father, help me tonight. And God, will just thank you and praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. You know, just as an introduction, we see in uh, verse 3 of our uh, verses tonight, put not your trust in princes nor in the Son of Man in whom there is no help. You know, uh, we're, we're to trust God and not man. And I think about that today and the days that we were living in. I, as I was studying this morning and looking through these scriptures, I'm telling you, uh, 
it's, we need more focus on God than we ever do with what we see what's going on outside of the church, amen? Uh, it's crazy out there. I, it, it just is. And, uh, you know, in verse 6, the God uh, has proven himself in the past. And we know that uh, all of us sitting here tonight, we know that God has done great things. I think of the history of this church, amen? I've known the preacher uh, since, uh, I think, I believe 1990 is where I first met him. He was youth director over at Mission Baptist Temple in uh, Stowe, Ohio. And I just started going to church just a little bit then. I wasn't saved yet, amen. And uh, my first wife, uh, most of you probably know, she died of cancer. And preacher, uh, uh, just as the youth director, used to come over and visit and, and things like that. And I just, I just think about... Uh, all the things that he's done and all the things that he's meant to me. And I hope today that you, that you uh, feel the same way, amen. We have a great church here. I'm glad to be a, a member of this church, amen. Listen, we've been traveling for two years, and I can tell you, this is one of the greatest churches that I've ever been in before, amen. It really has been. I mean, it's a wonderful church, a powerful church. We have a preacher that loves the Lord, and he's in wants this church to be as impeccable as it can be, amen. And I, I just think about the, the, uh, the music ministry here and all of these different things. And as we travel through these churches, we see things are just sliding and sliding and sliding, amen. And boy, we just need to stay with the stuff. And God will prevail in the future. Uh, with those are the things, just those thoughts that we trust God and not man. God has proven himself in the past. We need to sometimes, you know, we're not to look back necessarily, but sometimes that's what lifts us up, amen. I'm learning as a missionary, amen. It's an interesting thing. When you pastor, uh, you get a paycheck, amen. When you go into the mission field, uh, you're dependent on people. So I thought God keeps showing me that, no, you're dependent on me, amen. And God moves in the hearts of people, and, and so we want that to happen uh, here tonight. And so we see, uh, we see some wonderful things. You know, I was looking today in, uh, in my hymn book, and it's the same one we have here, but I never figured out or never saw it before. But I like the song, uh, I, I believe it's uh, the hymn 325, Trust and Obey. We sang, did we sing that tonight? I think we did. But the truth of the matter is, I just noticed yesterday or this afternoon that right next to that is "Draw Me Near," is right beside that. Now I don't know if that's a uh, you know a happenstance or it just happened by you know whatever it was. But you think about that, "Draw Me Nearer," Amen. We've got to draw nearer to the God of Heaven, Amen, so that we can trust and obey, Amen. And so here we are down at the conference last week, and the preaching was just that. Just wanting us to get closer. That's why they have this annual conference. The missionaries were running all over the world, all over the United States. We're going, we're going, we're going, we're going. And really, it's just a week. Revival is a week of refreshing. Amen. And that was the focus all week. And boy, we were challenged at the altar to come down to that altar and just ask God to do some things in our lives. Amen. The, God, the, the Spirit of God was just really going, uh, going in each service and just some great preaching. But think about that. Trust and obey. Trust and obey for there's no other way to be happy in Jesus but to trust and obey. How many of you are happy tonight? Amen. Happy in the Lord. I don't know about you, but I didn't get saved until I was 34 years old. I was 20, 20 years a drunk. Amen. And I can tell you, when I got saved, I got saved reading some Bible tracts down in Columbus, Ohio. Back in March of 1991, God saw fit to put bathroom in three different bathrooms in the morning. Uh, as I was uh, drinking coffee in the morning, I frequented bathrooms, and I came across three Bible tracts in one morning. Now, that's not a coincidence, amen. That was God. God was looking for me, and that printed word uh, burdened my soul. And later that day, after a meeting with the buyer in southern Ohio, I sat in my car, and I asked Jesus Christ to save my soul. Amen. Amen. And it wasn't until a year later that, uh, that I uh, stopped drinking, and I, I, it was after my wife died. And uh, I went back to work and was down in North Carolina in a hotel at night, I read and begged God to do something with me. I knew I wasn't supposed to be drinking. And that next morning when I woke up, it was like God was in the room. And I knew that I would never drink again. Amen. I'm talking about an alcoholic for 20 years. And I was given that grace that God gives us. 
And I gave that up, but he took it away, amen. I didn't do anything. I didn't have to go to, uh, you know, Alcoholics Anonymous, uh, those things. God, uh, we can ask God, and God can do great things. But the promises of God, trust and obey, for there's no other way to be happy. I don't know about you, but I like to be happy in the Lord, amen. Well, we come back, you know, we, uh, we, we uh, had a pretty rough week. We drove 2,400 miles. We left uh, Saturday a week ago to go to Tennessee, and then I had a meeting afterwards uh, on Sunday morning. This past Sunday morning, I was preaching down in a little church in uh, Cleveland, Tennessee, and I, uh, that's where our office is down there, and when I was back up there in the spring for some uh, training, I dropped in that church up there, and I headed off with the preacher, and uh, boy, we got there Sunday morning, and uh, I'll tell you what, you talk about the Spirit of God moving, that little church, probably about 100 people, uh, there was about 25 people in the, in the choir that morning, and boy, that was a singing church, amen? Uh, it was just in order that way, but the preacher, uh, I'm thinking, man, these guys are singing a lot of songs, and boy, they were good songs, amen, congregation songs, and then the, the choir was just as, just wonderful, I mean, 25 people, and they were singing out and excited, amen, and people were hooping and hollering down there, amen, I love that kind of services, and it was just great, and uh, the thing is, is I just believe that brings the Spirit of the Lord down, amen, and that's I hope you understand what you have here, what we have here, amen. This is a wonderful, wonderful church. And it's because Jesus is lifted up in, in the song. And I think about this. I think just about the piano player here and, and the, 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 you know, I just, I sit here when I don't come very often. But when we do, I just sit back there when the choir, I just weep, amen, at the singing and all the different things here. It's a wonderful, wonderful church. But that church was East Cleveland Baptist Church, amen, got up and preached up there, and God just kind of moved in, and uh, it was good, amen, it was a great day on Sunday, and boy, we just kind of rode high the way whole, the whole way home, amen, we were just fired up, uh, that church was just really a, a pleasant thing to be in, and you know, we've been in a lot of churches uh, in the last two years, and I'm telling you, uh, you need to pray for the churches in America, Amen. Uh, there's a lot of people that are dropping, uh, dropping the standards, uh, doing all the things that they think are going to draw people, and they're not drawing anybody because they're not drawing the Spirit of God. Amen. Standards are so important. But let's get to the message tonight. You know, we see in verses 1 and 2, the Bible says, Praise ye the Lord, praise the Lord, O my soul. While I live, uh, will I praise the Lord. I will sing praises unto my God while I have any being. You know, we need to praise the Lord in the present, and we need to praise the Lord in the future. Notice the psalmist starts, and uh, there we see two things. He starts in uh, verse 1 and 2, praising the Lord, praising the Lord. And then we see in verse 10, the last verse, he ends with praising the Lord. Amen. You know something, uh, we can praise the Lord for a lot of things, amen? We certainly can. And uh, we're living in, a, in the last days, I believe, and, and what we're seeing is uh, biblical, amen? But uh, we see those bookends and we see the praise, you know, our focus must be on Jesus Christ, amen? And I'll tell you what, I, it's hard to, to look at what's going on around us, but you know, the only way that I find any peace at all is in this book. Amen. You know, we were out of town, like I said, for nine days, and uh, Monday night, we didn't get in until midnight on uh, Sunday night, and then uh, Monday, uh, yesterday, uh, we, we did, or uh, Tuesday, rather, uh, I um, went down to, to watch the news. I hadn't heard the local news for eight or nine days, and I ran down there and uh, turned on Fox 8, and sure enough, uh, the first thing that came out was here. Uh, here was uh, Tim Ryan, our, our uh, Democratic senator, uh, on a rant about gun control and was cussing on the TV. And I thought, boy, that's just what I needed to hear. Amen. I mean, it's amazing today, uh, our, our, you know, where people are at today. They're so angry and so angst about things, short-tempered about things, amen. And I'm telling you, if we're going to praise the Lord, we've got to be in the house of God. We've got to be with the people of God. We have to be in this book, and we have to be working towards the things that God wants, amen. 
I'll tell you, we can get discouraged if we look at those things. But thinking about praising today, I, I believe that we're living in a day where things probably aren't going to get better. They're probably going to get worse. I believe that as the Lord, the Lord is near, uh, but we know this is that he could have came back uh, a long time ago. We still don't know exactly when it is, but we know that every day that passes, it's closer. Amen. And so how do we, how do, we do these things? How do we, how do we uh, continue, you know, marching on? I think about this. Every time I get into this praising uh, situation, I have to go to the book of Acts. If you would look with me in Acts chapter 16. And look with me if uh, it, uh, the Apostle Paul... You know, the Apostle Paul was, uh, was, uh, had angst against this new Christianity. We know that one day uh, he was uh, persecuting, he was killing these new Christians, he was trying to close down the churches and all those different things, but we know that he had papers in his hands and he went up to Damascus Road and he met the Lord in the middle of that road one day and was smoten down and was blinded, amen, and he, is, uh, he had a wonderful transformation, amen. And he started to preach the gospel, amen. And you know what America needs more than anything? We don't need more politicians. We don't need all the different things we think we need. What, what America needs is Jesus Christ, amen. amen. So Paul, he was walking this way, and he meets the Lord, and he starts walking this way, and he is, he is walking, uh, and he's uh, doing all that he can. And here we see in these verses in Acts chapter 16 and verse 22, it says, And the multitude rose up together against them, and the magistrates ran off their clothes and commanded to beat them. And when they had laid many stripes upon them, they cast them into prison, charging the jailer to keep them safely, who having received a such a charge, uh, thrust them into their inner prison and made their feet in the, in the stocks. And at midnight, Paul and Silas prayed... And sang praises unto God, and the prisoners heard them. Amen. Can I say something today? Instead of whining and complaining about what's going on outside here, we need to praise God. Amen. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Amen. And he's coming again. We need to be ready for that. And so we see Paul and Silas here. Uh, you know, God says to praise in chapter 1 the first verse and the last verse, chapter 10, that we need to praise. So what was Paul and Silas doing there? Uh, their feet were in the stocks. I believe they're coming after us. Amen. I believe they'll be in the church before too long. I believe they'll be causing trouble. You know, over in Kent, Ohio, where we live, unfortunately, uh, we have two churches down in Kent that have sodomite pastors. Amen. Can you believe that? And the churches are full. And uh, I talked to, when I saw winning a number of years ago, I'll never forget it, I talked to some Baptist people and they claimed to be saved. But they said, we go to the, uh, the Unitarian church over there. And I says, really? I says, I heard, uh, I heard that you have a, uh, you have a, uh, a lady there that uh, is a, a sodomite. And they, and they didn't even know what that was, but that's what, we're, that's what we have out here, amen? And so... We see here that we've got to praise the Lord, that we've got to continue to do uh, what God calls us to, amen, to praise the Lord, to praise the Lord. But Paul goes on and says, and suddenly, here's the thing about praising, and suddenly there was a great earthquake, so that the foundations of the prison were shaken, and immediately all the doors were opened, and everyone's uh, bands were loosed. And the keeper of the prison, awaking out of his sleep and seeing prisoner doors open, he drew out his sword and would have killed himself, supposing that the prisoners had been fled. But Paul cried with a loud voice, saying, Do thyself no harm, for we are all here. You know, let me just say a couple of things about these verses that we've just read. Number one, we need to make an impression in the world that's going the other way. Amen. Uh, there's a lot of people that are in spiritual prisons. There's a lot of people that think uh, the things that are going on outside here are needed. Amen. But what people need is Christ. Amen. Paul and Silas were jailed because they were preaching the gospel, but they were still praising God, and God's able to get a hold of people. Amen. God, God uh, has prisoners. 
Think about this today. He's got people that are there that are ready to be saved. If we just learn, and you know, in your day, how often do you praise God in your day, in your workplace, uh, in your neighborhood, with your family? How often do you praise God? How often do you acknowledge God in front of somebody else? Because when they see you praising God and living a life that is, doesn't make any sense to them, why do you go to church? People used to ask me, how, how do you go to church? Why do you go to church Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night? Amen. They ask you this question. Why do you do that? You talk to Catholics and they, uh, they as well, you know, they go to church. They're very, uh, they're very uh, faithful to their church and stuff, but we've got to praise God. People have to see God in us. Amen. And so there was revival there was revival there. Paul cried with a loud voice saying, Do thyself no harm. We are all here. Then he called for the light and sprang in and came trembling and fell down before Paul and Silas and brought them out and said, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? And they said, Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved in thy house. And they spake unto him the word of the Lord and all that uh, were in the, his house. And he took them that same hour that night and washed their stripes and was baptized his and all his straight way. And when he had brought them into the, his house, he set meat before them and rejoiced, believing in God with all of his house. And when it was uh, day, the magistrate sent the surgeons, uh, saying, Let those men go. And the keeper of the prisons told us, uh, saying to Paul, The magistrates have sent to let you go. Now therefore depart and go in peace. Amen. We just need to stay busy. We need to stay busy doing these things that we do. Praising God and, and uh, witnessing and doing those things. That's what God wants us to do. Praise in both the, the verse verse and the tenth verse. But we see here, secondly, uh, we see a promise to praise God now and forever. And then secondly, we see a precaution not to rely on political or religious or social leaders. Think about this. <clears throat> the Bible says here, <clears throat> in Psalm 146 and verse 3, excuse me, <clears throat> it says, Put not your trust in princes, nor in the Son of Man, in whom there is no help. <clears throat> Verse 4 says, His breath goeth forth, he returneth to his earth, and that very day his thoughts perish. You know, political or religious or social leaders, you know, the Bible talks there about the Son of Man. It's not referring to Jesus, <clears throat> but to any Son of Man. Think about this. No prince or priest can meet our greatest need. No power over death in eternity is given to them. But we see in our Lord, the Bible says in Isaiah chapter 9 and verse 6, For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful, Consular, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and the peace there shall there be no end. Upon the throne of David and upon his kingdom, to the order it and to establish it with judgment and with justice. From henceforth, even forever, the zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform with this. So we see some things here. Precaution. We, we ought not to listen. Politicians are uh, chameleons these days. Amen? It doesn't really matter whether they're Republican or Democrat. Uh, you know, we just need to trust the Lord. We need to keep looking at the Lord. We need to do what we're supposed to do and, and vote for the ones that we do. But think about this. Uh, politicians, uh, they change every other day. And the things that are going on out there are just crazy. And uh, listen, the Lord is still on the throne. The Lord is still in control. And we just need to raise our voices to him and uh, be in the book and uh, get encouraged in the things of the way. I, I think about this. I look so forward to being in church. You know, Sunday morning, that church that we were in in uh, Cleveland, Tennessee, I'll tell you, the Spirit of God was moving in that church like it does in this church. Amen. Soon as they started uh, playing the pianos and the singing, that, that the Spirit of God just moved in there and you just could feel it. And I was, I was sitting in the pew and I was having a hard time. I wanted to get up and just start shouting. Amen. I'll be honest with you, a lot of times when I, when I get to come to church here and uh, Jen's playing the piano here and the choir starts singing, 
I sit back there and I weep, amen. I get excited about what's going on here. And then the preaching comes. I get fed here. I just want to be a part of this as more as I can, amen. But it's, it's a, you know, we have got something here and we need to hang on to this and we just need to go forward for the things of Christ, amen. But we see in verse 5, the Bible says, Happy is he that hath God of Jacob for his help, whose hope is in the Lord his God. You know, think about verse 5, our help is in the Lord. You know, uh, the Bible says it makes us happy. He's our God. Uh, he brings a smile. You know, our hope is in the Lord. And I think about the, the, the kind words that John the Beloved brings to us in 1 John chapter 3. He says, Behold what manner of love the Father hath bestowed upon us, that we should be called the sons of God. Therefore the world knoweth us not, because it knew him not. Let me just say something to you today. As I preach in the prison, you know, we don't know who we're preaching at. We see their faces, they're sitting there, they're listening, but we don't know why they're there. We don't know what they've done. But I can tell you, as the devil talks to you and he talks to me, uh, he is nothing but a liar and the father of it, the Bible says. But some of those prisoners think that nobody cares for them. But I want you to know something tonight, that God loves them. Hey, man, it doesn't matter what they've done. And I try to get that over to him and say, hey, listen, God is a loving God. He loves you. It doesn't matter what you do. He loves you because he is love. Amen. Uh, but God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believed in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Amen. God loves people. Amen. It doesn't matter where you're at, what you've done. God loves us. Amen. He's a loving God. There's going to be a day when that will change. But, boy, the, uh, the beloved, you know, what he says here, Behold what manner of love the Father hath bestowed upon us, that we should be called the sons of God. Therefore the world knoweth us not, because he knew it not. Beloved, now are we the sons of God, and it doth not yet appear what we shall be. But we know that when he shall appear, we shall be like him. For we shall see him as he is, and every man that hath this hope in him purifieth himself, even as he is pure. You know, I don't know about you, but I'm glad we've got a Bible that we can depend on. Amen. Amen. I'm glad that we've got the Word of God, and we ought not to neglect it. Amen. We ought to read it every day, and we ought to grab, grab a hold of the promises that God gives us. Amen. Our help is in the Lord. Live now like you're in heaven. Amen. We're just passing through. Amen. Live like we're in heaven. You know, I don't know about you, but I'm looking forward. I, you know, I, when my wife and I got married, and we're going to be married 27 years in March, and we used to talk about this. We've been in church. Uh, I met her in church. Uh, God uh, brought her to the church uh, while I was down in Mexico with my daughter. She was 13 years old at the time, and uh, it was just a year after my wife died, and uh, we were down in, uh, in uh, Mexico on a mission trip having a great time down there, and I was just a young Christian, and my daughter was, she was saved just a couple of years er earlier, and we just had a wonderful time down there, but my wife came back. Uh, you know, she, uh, somebody witnessed to her at the door about a year before, and her life started to come apart, and she had a track. She looked at the track, went down to the church, and uh, the pastor counseled with her, and she started going to church, amen, and, and uh, when we got back, um, we, you know, we, um, we saw each other, and it was that a year later that we got married, and uh, I forget where I was going with that, but, uh, you know, Anyways, I get, I get on these rants sometimes, but, you know, we've, God's been good to us. That's what I was talking about was being in church. Amen. It's wonderful to be in the house of God with the people of God. And that, that you can meet somebody in, that, in, in a church and that God delivers that person to that church. And we came together that way. And all these years, we have had what I consider would be a, a perfect marriage. Uh, can I say something? I, I, I told the young people in the church this past Sunday morning. I told the young people that are here tonight, I'll say the same thing to you. The best thing that you can do when it's time for you to be looking for a wife or a husband is to get on your knees and ask God to bring to somebody to you. 
because that's exactly what happened to us. And our marriage is, is, we say sometimes, I talk about our marriage a lot, but we say sometimes it was creepy because it's been so perfect. Amen. Can I say something? There's a lot of, uh, being a pastor, there's a, lot of, uh, there's a lot of families that go through a lot of problems in church, and the pastor has to counsel them with all kinds of different things. But I'm telling you that the woman that was brought to me in that church and myself with her was such a perfect match that we talk about it all the time. Uh, we have never had a fight. We have never slammed doors. We have never gotten angry at each other, never. And she'll testify to that. And I'm just telling you, young people, the best thing you can do when it comes to that time when you think you want to get married, you better get on your knees and you better ask God who you need to marry. Amen. And you should get married. Amen. Uh, None of this shacking up stuff today. Amen. But the truth of the matter is, and I mean, I don't think I have to preach that here tonight, but I'm telling you, young people, let God bring somebody into your life. Amen. And I can tell you, there's all kinds of people that would say, I wish I did that. Amen. That's the truth. Amen. That's just some extra tonight. But, you know, God loves us and God wants to supply our every need. Amen. And the perfectness of the things that God gives us. You know, when God gives us something, it's perfect. Amen. You know, when I got saved, I didn't have a radical uh, salvation experience. Matter of fact, uh, for that first year, I was still... Uh, doing some things I wasn't supposed to do, but boy, once my my wife died and I I started getting into church and just I just what I did, and I'm just telling you this because this is what still needs to be this way, is I listened to my preacher, Amen. I asked him everything that I did. I'd go to my preacher and he'd tell me to do this and he'd tell me to do that, and boy, when I uh, now listen to this, we my wife and I, um, I worked for a couple of wealthy guys. It treated me like family. And uh, <clears throat> my wife and I, I called her on the phone and asked her out. And uh, we had a date. And uh, then uh, after that, after that, uh, that first date, uh, I talked to her and we had another date. And uh, now this is the thing that I'm talking about, about God doing things that uh, most people think are crazy. But on the second date, when I got back home, I called her on the phone, and I says, you know, I says, it, it seems to me like this thing is moving pretty quick, and it seems like God's putting us together and all this stuff. So we did something else that most people don't do. We went and consulted with the preacher. And to be honest with you, that night I said, I, I, I think we need to get married. That's after the second date. That's like 30 days out. And uh, we got married six weeks after our first date. Now, my two bosses that I worked for for a long time treated me like family, um, stayed in their house when we were out of town, and, you know, I roomed with all those guys. I was very close with them. They called me on the phone and had a conversation and said, are you nuts? <laughs> Seriously. Amen. But I'm telling you that when God does something, when God brings something into your life, when God does what God wants to do, it's always perfect. Amen. And I just want to testify to that because I just know I've dealt with so many people over the years that uh, repeat, repeat, repeat consoling all the time, and they just don't want to. uh, You know, I've, I've sat across with couples that just hate each other. Amen. And uh, it's a sad, sad thing. So all I'm saying today is the Lord is our help. The Lord is our hope. And the Lord loves you. And he wants to give you things that will make your life better. Amen. Don't forget that. Amen. And I'm telling you, you know, we, we see here just the promise in verse 6. Uh, we see which made heaven and earth the sea and all that therein is which keepeth truth forever. We see a couple of things here. He's given us his promises. You know, the Bible hold that we hold is God's word. Every word is truth. God cannot lie. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. Uh, but the thing is, is so oftentimes we neglect it. Amen. You know something? I don't know a better place to cheer yourself up. You have a bad day. 
It's just to get alone with God. Amen. Amen. You know, last week, we, uh, the, the preaching almost all week long was about getting closer to God. Amen. And you know something? The only way we're going to get clear, you know, clear, clarity in that, clarity in that is through the Bible. Amen. And it's just reading the Bible every day. Spending that time with God and uh, just, just in the morning, early is the early time, and, and just throughout the day, just thinking about God. And there's so many distractions today. Amen. The wonderful thing is, is I was away for nine days. I had 375 emails in my inbox because I didn't take my laptop. I didn't have a laptop. didn't take anything. I went down there. I wanted to get along with God and, and have a great week. 375 things, amen, there, and most of them's just junk mail. But the truth of the matter is we let this world that we live in just take so much of our day, amen, and we need to get alone with God. Uh, the promises of God, he's given us as the promises. And, you know, there's some promises in this book today, amen, promises to us that God will meet our needs, that God will sustain us, that God will help us in, in our day of troubles. Think about the Apostle Paul there in that, in that uh, prison that night. Him and Silas, they were in the inner stocks of that inner prison. They were in solitary confinement. Amen? Now, I don't know about you, but sometimes we can feel pretty weary when things don't go right. You know, I, I, talk, I, I, I say it like this, thumb-sucking. Amen. We suck our thumbs and we're just, you know, we're whiny about things not going right. Amen. But Paul made a decision. And you know something? Each one of us today has to make a decision that we're going we're gonna to choose either to serve God or to allow the world to disappoint us in so many ways that we just aren't where we're supposed to be. Amen. So we're talking about solitary confinement, their feet in the stocks. And they just decided that they were start going to have a, a prayer service, amen? They were singing songs and carrying on. And you know, the, the great part of that, that message there is simply this, is that brought the Holy Spirit down and knocked the door off of that jail, and there was revival, amen? Now, it's interesting that we're living in a time where I believe our government in this country is trying to put us in stocks. Amen? I believe that's what they're up to. I believe that's what they want to do. And what are we going to do? We're going to praise them or we're going to complain. But I can tell you one thing is that God, if we'll praise His name in these days in which we live, it's not going to get better. It's going to get worse. It's just going to. And so we've got to be focused on Jesus Christ and Jesus Him alone. Uh, and we neglect that Word of God. But God wants to speak to us every day. But we see in verse 7 and 8, it says, "...which ex uh, executeth judgment for the oppressed, which giveth food to the hungry. The Lord loseth his prisoners. The Lord openeth the eyes of the blind. The Lord raiseth them that are bowed down. The Lord loveth the righteous." So we see here he has given us those promises. He will keep his promises. And that power that's always available to fairly treat the oppressed. The gospel is powerful. We must walk by God's grace. <clears throat> you know, Paul said in 2 Corinthians chapter 9, it says, And God is able to make all grace abound toward you, that you always having all sufficiency in all things may abound to every good work, as it is written, he hath dispersed abroad, he hath given to the poor, his righteousness remaineth forever. Now he that ministereth the seed to the sower, but both the minister bread for your food, and multiply your seed sown, and increase the fruits of your righteousness, being enriched in everything to all bountifulness, which causes through us thanksgiving to God. So we can, by the strength by the things that God does. Paul wrote in Ephesians 3.20, Now unto him that is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that worketh in us, unto him be glory in the church of, by Jesus Christ throughout all ages, throughout with the world without end. Amen. 
We see here we can feed the hungry, we can free the prisoner, we can open the blind eyes to raise up the bowed down, all of these things. You know, there needs to be a personal interest in this. The Lord preserveth the strangers, he relieveth the fatherless and the widow, but the way of the wicked he turneth upside down. The Lord shall reign forever, even thy God, O Zion, unto all generations. Praise ye the Lord. We need to be busy in the work. You know, God cares. You know, number one, he loves us, but he cares for us. He'll meet our needs. Amen. He'll meet your needs. He truly does as a missionary. You know, uh, I'll be honest with you. I struggle when we first got into this um, because you go to a church and you present your ministry and you don't know what's going to happen. Amen. But I realize now that we're two years in, you know, when you're working a job, when you have a job and you get a paycheck, when you're a pastor and you get a paycheck and all of those things, but when you're dependent on people, and that's what I was thinking, amen, we'd get into a meeting uh, in a church where it was very small. And can I tell you something? Is God absolutely knows what you need. I'm just talking about financial right now, but he knows what you need in everything today. You know, sometimes God doesn't give what you want because that's not what you need. Amen. But I can tell you that God's been very faithful to me and my wife in these two years. And it's not just about the money, but I'll tell you what shows up is we get into a church one day and we have a wonderful service. And sometimes I, I, I'm feeling like I'm not, I'm not uh, getting through to people. And then the, the people just come up afterwards and embrace and say, thank you so much for that message. Thank you for your ministry and all of these different things. Amen. And the wonderful thing is this, is, you know, God's care for the homeless and the helpless, God's concern for the widows and the orphans. But I think about this when I go to prison. We don't know what some of those men have done. But I say this, is that a lot of these prisoners today are repeat drug offenders. Amen. And I can tell you in that hotel in Charlotte, North Carolina, on April 16th of 1992, just uh, six weeks after my wife died, I knew that the alcohol and all of that that was going on in my life had to go, and I begged God that night in that hotel. I got in there. I drove eight hours down there. I was going to call some accounts the next day. There was a Gideon Bible in that hotel room. King James. used to be King James. I didn't know anything about that, King James, or anything like that, but I just know this, is that when I got in there, I pulled that Bible out, and I started to read it, and I started begging God to do something with this, this wretched man. And God, that next morning when I woke up, impressed upon my mind that I would never drink again. And here's the thing. What God did for me is he took away the desire. Because I couldn't, I couldn't give it up. You understand what I'm saying today? Now, here's the thing. When I go into the prisons today, I want people to know that I testify of that sometimes. And maybe you have problems, but it doesn't have to be alcohol or anything. But I'm telling you, when we beg God for things, when we ask God to do some things, sometimes we try to just do it in our own strength. And it never works. But I'm telling you, it was a miracle what God did. And I've had some people say, you know, don't you think that the devil can trick you to go back into that stuff? I said, no. I says, God took the desire away. I hate booze. I don't want anything to do with it. You know why? Because when God took that away, listen to me, I got more of him. Amen. Amen. What he really did is he took away the desire and he filled, him, he, he filled me with him, with his Holy Spirit. And I don't know about you, but... The Holy Spirit and the, and, the, and the workings of God in my life and the things that He's done for me, I wouldn't go back to that garbage for nothing, amen? Because that just makes you feel good for a little while and then you wake up the next morning. But I'm telling you, every night I go to bed, God's with me. Every morning when I wake up, He's there for me, amen? Throughout the day, He is with me. And I just want the prisoners to know that. Paul and Silas decided in the jail cell, you know what? we got the Holy Spirit here. 
let's just have let's just have a singing time, amen? Singing and praising God. And that old angel of the Lord came down and kicked that door open and revival happened. And I believe today, down at the conference, the preachers said, we believe there's going to be one more revival. But you know what it's going to take? It's going to take us that are sitting here tonight. to praise God, to be excited. And you know something? It's pretty awesome. I, I, I brag on this church all the time. I tell preachers, I said, hey, you know, our, our church, I said on Saturday morning, even though we don't come very often, uh, there's probably 50 or 60 people that show up for door, went, door, door, uh, door knocking. That's pretty awesome, amen. Uh, there's, a, there's a lot of churches today that aren't even knocking doors anymore. Matter of fact, probably most of them aren't. But the truth of the matter is, is uh, that's what we need to do. We need to be praising God. We need to be excited about the things of God. And when people see that in our faces and see that in our lives, why do you people go to church? Why are you always, uh, it just seems like nothing's ever wrong in your life. And you say, well, I do have problems, but I have a God that can take care of those things, and I can talk to Him, and He can help me with those things. Amen? That's how you can win people to Christ. Listen, I believe that we need to go to the doors, and we need, I've won many people to the Lord at the doors. But I'm telling you, it's the lifestyle in which we live, and we have opportunity that we need to talk to people about how good God is. Because the devil does a good job of telling people that God hates them. God hates sin, but he loves the sinner. Amen. So think about those things tonight as we close. You know, on a Wednesday night, I'm sure that most of us are saved, but you know, salvation is free to anyone that asks. The Bible says that we've all sinned and come short of the glory of God. The wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. There has to be a time in your life when you realize that your sin separated you from a holy God. I wonder tonight on a Wednesday night if there's somebody here tonight that's never gotten that settled. Salvation. You know, I've been... In church a long time and I've seen a lot of people that I've been to church with I've seen people that have been in church with for years that one day walked the aisle weren't sure held on to the seat for years but finally went down and got it settled amen but let me ask you a question as we close tonight this psalm is all about focus focus on a person Not you, not me, but on him. Are you focused? Are you focused on the things of God? Or are you focused on the things that trouble you? Amen. Paul decided that he was going to praise. Amen. The Lord, when he was here, he was rejected by men, but he was accepted by God. But what did he do? He kept his eyes on God. He communicated with God. Amen? When we look in those, uh, those scriptures, when we look in the, in the Gospels, where Jesus would go out and have an all-night prayer meeting. Amen? He'd get out there and he'd get alone with God. What did he do that for? Because the world was caving in on him. Amen? And I just believe today that the world's going to cave in on us. Amen? If the Lord tarries... I believe they're going to step it up in the church. And it's going to take a close relationship with the Lord to be able to stay strong. I'm glad that we're here tonight. Amen. You know, there's quite a few seats missing tonight. Amen. But the truth of the matter is, I'm glad that we're here because God's among us. Well, let's pray. Father, we come to you tonight. Lord, we love you. We thank you for your goodness and your mercy. And Father, I pray, uh, Lord, that you would just, Father, give us that zeal that Paul had. 
Father, maybe we need to look back to our salvation. Saul of Tarsus was a mean man. And Lord, you met him in the middle of the Damascus Road with papers in his hands. And you smote him down and you blinded him. And you showed him your love. You saved his soul. And God, he never got over that. Lord, all the way to his last breath, God, he was a preacher. He was, he was just trying to do just the opposite of what he did for so many years. And God, I wonder if there's some people here tonight, God, that just need to be revived and, and maybe some happiness and some praise. Maybe they're downtrodden with some things. But God, you know the end from the beginning. You know the hearts of everyone that are here. And so, Father, I pray that you would just touch us tonight. And, Father, uh, help us to get with you, Lord, as the altar call is done. And, Father, we'll just thank you and we'll praise you. In Jesus' name, amen.